When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Recorded live.
it's me and it give you guys what you want to share that had a really really a, a viewing monitor type thing that was huge that was like the whole wall of, of the ship uh, or that one room uh 36 percent have memories of having been asked to eat a meant him and There was rooms full of
We go lay down. Hi, I'm Murray, also known as Creative Man here on Father. In this gig, I'll add Facebook Messenger live chat to your website. This will allow you to instantly live chat with your website visitors on Facebook Messenger. Messenger is the world's most used messaging platform that everyone is familiar with, and it works on desktop and mobile. Your customers and website visitors will be able to interact with your business live with the same personalized. 
Hello, Melissa. Can you hear me? Should be down there. Should have to um, unmute yourself. It should be like right there. There it is. This is so much fun. How are you? I'm good. Great, great. Awesome. Looking forward to the conversation. I am too. I've never done this before. And how does it look? Like, should I, sh- I guess I should shut my door. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Hold on. Hey, Jeremy. My dog is in here with me. This is really fun. Oh my goodness. Check, check. One, two. Do you hear me good? I hear you. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. There's always the background to consider. (laughs) Derek. I have been so excited to do this. I just have to tell you. And yeah, I me too. My sons, I have uh, twenty, almost 23-year-old twin sons. Okay. They, <laughs> they find it so funny that I'm doing this. That's awesome. I know. It's great. It's, it's uh, mind-opening. Why not? Why not? Uh, Wait, know. let me just get a little tissue for my eyes. I have really bad allergies. Hold on. Okay. get the uh, link right quick uh, ready to shout on social media so we can get us a little audience. Okay. And we'll probably start um, just asking you a little bit about your background. Okay. And and then we'll just go into conversation about it. I've got a couple questions I had just by by watching some of your videos, but pretty much the questions I had were similar to what you had already sent me over. So it's kind of right on. Good. I'm also, um, as you know, for my questions, um, I, I think that this is going to really help your viewers and listeners to hear a little bit more background about how you got interested in this, because this is really, um, and we can go into this, but, you know, this is only my theory. It's a consciousness opening that allows you to see certain things. And what are the ways of that? How does that happen? And what have you seen? And what have you experienced? And what have you felt? Because that is all, these all are hinged on this idea of fear, not fear. Mm -hmm. Right? 
Sounds good. Okay. All right. Let me share this out. Um, so whenever we go live, it'll be about um, a minute and a half while the intro is playing. You won't be able to hear anything. Um, and then I'll come in and do my intro spiel, thanking all of the uh, uh, supporters and stuff like that. And then we'll just jump into conversation. Okay. <clears throat> This is so much fun. This is why I sent you that picture that is more serious. Yeah. <laughs> because I I felt that it would be a good anchor to this subject, which is so taboo. Yeah. And also because um, I generally tend to be very cheerful. <laughs> that, that's that's something we can address too, because that's a uh, that's like a big that's a big part of it. Like joy comes with it, being playful, being more spiritual with, with contact and stuff. Like I oh, think all of that comes into play, you know? Oh, I'd love to talk about that. And uh, also you sharing any experiences because it's very true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Make sure everything's shared out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll go ahead and go live now. And... um. Like I said, about a minute and a half, you won't be able to hear nothing, though, but it'll be live. Well, you just tell me. Okay. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Truth Seeker. This is the Truth Seeker Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me 
on this beautiful day. Uh, if you're watching us live on YouTube, that's where we broadcast that. Or if you're listening to this uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. And got an awesome show planned for you guys, an awesome interview coming up. want to say a quick thank you to everybody supporting the work on Patreon, everybody who uh, is an enabler, everybody who enables me to do this, and uh, I couldn't do it without you guys. So I want to give a quick shout out to everybody supporting my work over at patreon.com backslash truthseeker. Uh, if you would like to uh, support the show and, and help keep me on the air and keep going, you can do that. You also get access to my full discography of music, which is 10 plus albums. Just put out a new uh, CD. It's available there as well. All the new music that I'm working on is uploaded directly to Patreon before it's released to the general public uh, to say a, a huge thank you. You get access to exclusive podcasts, uh, monthly hangouts. We do a Thursday night School of the Mystics session, which we uh, learn to hear the, our, uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit, following our intuition to be led of the Spirit and uh, being very empathic. Many people are in tune with that side of themselves, but they've never acted upon it. They've been around people and felt energies and felt like they should tell them something, but they've never actually did it. So we create uh, a safe atmosphere to come together where we can do that for one another to equip and to encourage one another. And uh, we're doing some courses and stuff as well. I think we're going to be starting a course in miracles uh, this next week. So Thursday nights at 7 PM central, if you want to be a part of the school of the mystics, you get access to that by becoming a patron. I uh, really look forward to that. That's the community aspect of this podcast. So um, huge shout out to everybody supporting. I'm going to give a shout out to some of the latest patrons that signed up within this last week. Uh, shout out to um, Zavaya, Sammy Ramos, um, Tiger King 2000, been following me on uh, YouTube, shout out, uh, Maddie Martin, Taint Zinzer, and Andrea L. Andressa. I got to say these names right. Andressa L. Thank you guys for supporting my work. Huge thank you for the, gener uh, for the generous donation from my good friend Lee uh, Dunham and his wife. Thank you guys for supporting my work. And uh, if you want to do that, patreon.com backslash truthseeking. You get access to all this good stuff. All right. Without further ado, we're going to bring in today's guest. I'm excited about this subject. Um, I don't think I talk about this subject enough. It, I do try to get a little bit of it in on, on every conversation, but I like to talk to people who have had UFO and alien contact, whatever it is, whatever. Um, we're trying to get to the bottom of it all. You know, I think that everybody has a piece of the puzzle. Everybody brings something to the table of their own personal experiences, what they've learned, what they believe and we try to formulate a picture together we bring all our pieces of the puzzle put it together we tend to formulate a picture and that's what it's about i don't think that i don't take anybody's word 100 percent. i don't believe everything james gilliland jordan maxwell even my own experiences i don't claim to have it all figured out but i think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle of it all as it forms a picture so today's guest we're going to be talking to melissa Peabody of MyFirstContact.net. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm excited to talk about this. And as you know, um, I reached out to you not for promotion for my project, but because <laughs> you had, um, and I was explicit about that, 
but you had talked about during a show with James Gilliland that you knew people who were um, very much triggered by deep fear, having seen films, Hollywood films about UFOs and ETs, and they were terribly frightened. And so I've had my own experiences filming um, many unusual, I'll call them objects in my skies. And I believe they range from um, UFOs and ships, crafts, what you will, to light beings, to orbs, to energy shafts. We can go into all of that, but my experience has been, um, I don't watch those Hollywood movies. I don't have that. I don't have that fear. And so, and I'm also a documentary filmmaker and a journalist. And so my response to something new in my skies is really very much curiosity driven. And I want to know more. I want to know what it is that I'm seeing. I have a camera. I have an edit system. <laughs> I, I know what to do here. And so it's my nature to just film what I'm seeing. It is completely without fear. And I wanted to offer that to you, my project, my films. They're very, very short so that you could just literally, if, if you talk to someone who is very, very afraid on this topic, you could simply point them to this and just say, go watch a few of these films. They don't have any fear in them. And there are, in my experience, in my experience it might be narrow, but I don't think there are many things out there that deal with this topic that aren't fear-driven. And I personally believe it's perhaps purposeful. Um, we can get into that too, but that is why I met you. That's why I, I contacted you, just so you could divert people to, to an alternative. Mm-hmm. And you contacted me then and said, let's, let's talk. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? So you do have a, um, a website. I don't think you have any products for sale or you're trying to convince no. anybody. You're just simply showing up with your story. And you've been doing your own independent research by having your own encounters, which anybody can do. And then we just show up to the table and talk about them. Right. Um, exactly. So this is your first interview as well. Well, it's funny. It's my first video interview. <clears throat> I have had a couple, only two other uh, chances to exercise this skill, <laughs> which I'm building. Uh, and they were audio, but yeah, this is my first interview. And, and the reason is um, it, it's a very important reason. It, it taps into the money thing. I am doing this for free. I'm doing this uh, for my own joy and my own uh, exploration of what is life. And so I have a certain perspective. I'm, I'm being shown certain things and I want to, I want to, I want to share that with other people. I don't want them to have to buy my videos. Um, and so in terms of the joy factor, you know, I put that into these videos and films, but I also want to build a community. And so part of what my website is, is, as you say, people coming up to the table. Eventually, I'll have some other pages on there, like a forum where people can just exchange ideas and perspectives with each other. But um, I am somewhat new to this. And so, so far, what I have is films and I have a submissions page. And the goal is really to build 
a global community of people who have maybe not felt like they were welcome to share what they were seeing and filming themselves, their own photos, their own experience. I have a, a woman in, in Liverpool who emailed me shortly after I started this project and she submitted, you know, a picture of it, like the teeniest, tiniest little orb. But she was filled with such <laughs> immense joy in sharing it because she was not made fun of. And she had said that, you know, throughout her life, she had seen many, many orbs. And <clears throat> really everyone around her was telling her it was not real. What she was seeing was not real. And they were just Chinese lanterns, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so creative. It's like, wow, why that? But she was not feeling like <clears throat> she was welcome to share her experiences and no one, no one really believed what she was seeing. And so my goal is to just create this very big sky watcher community, global, anyone can come to the table. No one has to pay. Borders of countries are meaningless. The skies belong to us all. It does not matter who you are or where you're from. It's all part of the experience and we share it. And that's the point. We share it. And so it's not me as being like, this star, like having certain sorts of things that only I get to see. It's really important to me to welcome everyone and to show that, in fact, God, I don't even know how many, maybe millions are seeing this. They're seeing this everywhere. They're seeing it. And and they are starting to share it. And so I'm creating a platform where we get to support each other and show each other that we are not alone. We are not alone. And we're not crazy. We're actually seeing these things. We're seeing a lot of similarity across the board. So, for instance, I would just say <clears throat> one of the really interesting things that I'm filming is, is what I would call orbs. And um, I don't know what an orb is. I'm just saying it. What I came up with with the beginning of my project, as you know from my homepage, is let me just begin with this. I had never, ever, ever been a part of any UFO community. I had never, ever spent any time investigating this. And we can go into reasons for this. I've I've thought about it before this interview, but just to stick with this orb thing, um, I had no language for what I was seeing. I did not know how to describe what I was seeing. And so at first, when I was doing my first films, I just called them light objects. And then with the orbs, I call them orbs because they were round. <clears throat> so what is an orb? And one of my sons asked me, what is, what is it? What are you filming? And I said, I don't know. I just know that it is a light object. It emits light and it has a structure and its structure is round. And within the round structure, there are all, there's a beautiful architecture. It's like bones in a human or veins, but it's, it is veins of light, bones of light within a round structure. And he could accept that as like, okay, I can go there. Personally, I feel like these are, uh, I feel like these are beings and they are projecting themselves into our reality, our visible reality, our mm-hmm. visible light spectrum. 
so that we can see them if we are willing and if we are ready. Yeah. So what are your questions about that? Yeah, you've got some really awesome um, video footage on, on, on your website where you've, you've actually filmed them. Um, and like you said, I think we're seeing different things. Mm-hmm. It's not just UFOs. It's not just aliens. It's not just angels and demons or whatever we want, good or bad. There's a whole uh, plethora of entities and beings and shapes and colors, all types of stuff. Um, that's going on out there. You've got some footage of these round or sphere looks like to be um, vehicles with lights going around them. They'll light up with maybe something looks like two big uh, headlights that come on and turn off at, at will. And then another one will pop up next to it. Really funny that because I, I watched I watched that video you posted and a friend of mine who's in the chat right now, uh, Home Sauce, I'm going to have him on the on the uh podcast at the end of the month he just went out and filmed his own uh video footage and it looks very similar to the one that you shared but i think it was i think it was it was during the day and they lit up during the day and where there's one in the sky and then another one pops up just a little ways off from it like the same distance and everything it's very similar to what other people are, are seeing so we have what looks to be craft maybe um, maybe entities or beings, physical uh, beings made of matter are on this ship, possibly. Uh, possibly it's some type of drone, some believe. Um, but then there's other things people are seeing, like the orbs and things you're talking about, or there's stuff that out there that doesn't even have a, a shape or a form. It's moving like gases and changing and morphing and turning into star patterns and weird stuff that's going on. And I think some times we're seeing actual entities or angelic hosts, as we would call them, according to different religious texts. Um, so what, what's the difference? Have you seen what you look at and it's like an, an entity? I was told that even, even the term cherubim uh, means a living entity, like it's an actual entity versus a, a vehicle or something like that. Do you feel like, do you resonate with with that, that there's some that are a machine, maybe nuts and bolts, not necessarily by us, but it's in, like a physical uh, matter. I do resonate with that completely. Um, there's one film I did. I was doing some filming of this um, <clears throat> red orange light object that appeared really often um, above this sort of at an angle away from, but above this building, above my cityscape in San Francisco. And it moved around, it moved around. And when I would go in close with my camera, and, it, and just to say again, I have a professional camera because I'm a filmmaker. So I could go in, I had a very good zoom. Um, <clears throat> and this object was really moving around the sky in this sort of small area, but very, very active. And um, later, after I digitized my footage, I could of course go through it slower. <clears throat> and anytime I stopped the footage, or most times, it would take on an angelic shape. So it was broadcasting light with wings above the shoulders, arms, shoulders, a body, legs, a head. And <clears throat> 
this happened again and again. It happened again and again through the footage. It did morph into other shapes, um, but it really made me um, it made me wonder what it was, and it made me reconsider. It didn't look like a ship. It didn't look like, as you say, you know, there there's other footage I have where you can see the little round lights around the body of what you can see is it has to be a ship. It it is so uniform, it's so structural, architectural, <clears throat> and they stay in relation to each other. So they do seem to be lights around an object, which I consider to be a ship. In this case, it was not that way. It was an energetic being that was just in my skies, and it came again and again to this angelic shape, again and again, and it, it's uh, it's exquisite, and it it made me consider um, our history. So I did a film on that where I went back. I, I found all kinds of really beautiful um, four thousand year old rock paintings, you know, petroglyphs, yeah. where you could see. You could see a being with wings. And then, you know, back, you know, through the centuries, there were many wonderful paintings with beings with wings. And fast forward to today, to that shape. And that's what I was saying is, you know, if I were walking down the street 3,000 years ago, and it was at night, and I saw this being, and it, it showed these wings, and it was sort of blasting in and it's light in and out of the sky around me, I would just say, that's an angel. And people can agree with me or not. It, it kind of doesn't matter. It's really what you, it's what you want to believe. And, and the shape, what is so beautiful is that shape is consistent over time. And that leads me to think that <clears throat> this angelic being and also the ship's they are. They have been with us over time. This is not a new thing. It's new to us, and more and more of us are um, able to see it and film it. But it's not new. They've they've been with us through time. Do you think that um, just happen to, to, to catch these these sightings and then get them on on video? Do you think that it was just coincidence how everybody's able to see them? I mean, because there's people who who don't believe who are who are filming things going on in the skies. Do you think, or, or do you think it was planned? Do you think you were somewhat um, contacted, like they wanted you to see them and record it, and thus change your life course essentially to start this website, try to start this community? Do you think that they contacted you for that reason? I do. I do think that. But I think they could. I think they contacted me because I was ready, and I can. I'd like to go into that because this really might help uh, your viewers and listeners, just as a consideration, something that they might want to consider for themselves. But um, first of all, I I have the equipment, I have the skills to make these films, I know how to do narration. Um, I've made documentaries. I have an edit system. So you could look at it as just like the physicality of it and the skill bit was there with me. But the consciousness was not there with me until I began seeing them the first time on March of 2017. And 
Wow, it hasn't even been that long. <laughs> it, it's not been long. It's been like a major like torpedo into my life. Yeah, and it, it has changed my life completely. And um, <clears throat> I have a funny thing. I'll go into why I think my consciousness changed. But um, <clears throat> somebody was asking me what I call myself. And, and my nickname is Missy. I said, you could call me Missy. And one of my sons piped up. He goes, <laughs> or you could call yourself Star Child. <laughs> Because it's just been a big, it's been a big thing for everyone, right? Where's this coming from? But for me, I don't think it's a coincidence. And I, I'd like your opinion on this because I, I think that you've been in this so much longer than I have, okay? But it was in the uh, late fall of 2016. So literally six months before I began seeing the ships, only six months, <clears throat> I had a tremendous urge that, uh, I could not deny to meditate and meditation is not in my family background. It's not almost no one I know does that. <clears throat> so it was, it was odd that it would come in so strongly. Right. And, and that the urge was coupled with that I needed to, <laughs> to meditate with crystals. And um, so this was way outside my box. It was way outside the box of really anyone I hang with. And yet, I, you know, I, I, uh, I did it. I just, I needed to do this. I did it. I wanted to do it. And it led me into a really open doorway of looking at what is inside. What is inside me as opposed to what is outside me. And it was a, an introduction. It wasn't my first introduction, but I'll keep it simple. It was a continuing introduction that there is life beyond the five senses. And <clears throat> that life beyond the five senses is equally real, <clears throat> perhaps more powerful, perhaps, you know, many more opportunities for life and for living, for experience, for connection. <clears throat> and so I really loved it. And I meditated often with crystals. And I had many, many um, beautiful visualizations. It was a, it was, it was just an internal uh, adventure. Is really not the right word. It's almost too cheesy. It was, it was a blissful experience that I had never had before, and um, I had deep respect for it, and wanted to continue. Okay, so six months later, I get up in the middle of the night. I can't sleep. It's three thirty in the morning, and walking around in my bathrobe, you know, for an hour to then try and sleep again. And I look out my windows and I see something I've never seen before. I see these two massive, if you, if you compare them to the buildings, you know, two very, very large orange round objects that glow orange red. And they're just hanging there. They're hanging there above the buildings in San Francisco. And I think, wow, I mean, am I really seeing them? And so I went and got my cell phone. I took some still images and I also took some short videos. <clears throat> and I get up the next day and, uh, and sure enough, they are just exactly what I thought they were. They, they were, I will call them UFOs because I have no idea what they were. Um, I to, at this point, I think they were craft of some kind. 
from this perspective. Um, but then, you know, okay, so the next day I wake up at dawn, it's very gray, very gray light. And I, I see these, I look out the window just because of what I'd seen. And I see these very soft gray to orbs just sort of <laughs> floating around. And I take some pictures of, or a video of that too, very short. And I'm really starting, it's starting to get my attention in a serious way. The next night I wake up, let's just say one. Again, you know, I'm going through a period of, my, of life, which is perhaps purposeful, that I'm being waked up. I'm being waked up on many levels. Mm -hmm. I'm being waked up spiritually, waked up in terms of my consciousness, and physically they are waking me up. <laughs> so I get up. Having an awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Having an awakening on all these levels. Yeah. And so I take my camera and I go look out my window and I see the most beautiful, unusual uh, red light object, which is not the ones that I saw before. As I go in close, it splits into two, two um, ovals right next to each other. And the patterning on the outside of it is just, it's gorgeous and it's, really unusual and perhaps it's a marker of who and what it is maybe that's its id you know what it puts on the skin of its ship lets everyone know here's who i am here's where i'm from yeah but it was something i had never seen and um wow. after that you know i i just got up the next day and and i'd like to get into the fear aspect of this topic if you will mm -hmm. the next day i woke up and i just said for whatever reason but what, because, you know, probably because of meditating, <clears throat> I am experiencing a different level of reality than I've ever experienced before. I have the equipment to explore it, and I have the curious nature to explore it. I'm not afraid. All of these uh, encounters, I didn't run in fear. I didn't have a trigger for that. I simply had a trigger for uh I was very, very, very excited and joyful to see what I saw, and I was very curious. Um, and so I think that that, too, made me somebody that they would come to and say, you do it, because you're not afraid. However, I know there are lots of people around me who are afraid, and there is an aspect of fear that I'd like to talk about that I did participate in. It wasn't really fear. But um, this would get into Project Blue Book and our, the way our culture, our government strategically indoct indoctrinates fear on this topic. Or it says, go away from this topic. So here I was my entire life. I never had anything to do with UFOs. I never, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an extremely curious person, which is what led me into journalism and filmmaking and all that. It is a leading aspect of my mind and my personality. Mm -hmm. And yet I stayed away from that. And it's such a beautiful, interesting topic, right? It's, it's huge. It's, it's huge that we would not be alone in the universe is really important. So I started to think, <clears throat> leading up to this conversation with you, that actually I did participate in an aspect of fear, which was I stayed away. <clears throat> I was, I definitely was, um, alive and awake to, to the shunning that is strategic on this topic, and I just didn't look into it. So I wasn't afraid, per se. I just didn't do it. But when 
when this happened, when I started seeing this, I just decided this is the most fascinating unfolding story. And I'm going to follow this wherever it leads. <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would just like to say that these Hollywood movies about, I just want everyone to, to remember, okay, these things that I'm filming and other people around the world are filming in their own skies, all of us together, there might be a million of us, there might be more people who are just being quiet. Yep. These are real. Whereas the Hollywood movies are fake. They're fake. They're fiction. They are not real. And they are designed. I'll go further. Uh, you know, everybody growing up, we all know this. We like a good thrill. And especially yep. if it's a contained thrill. So it's only contained in two hours. It's a two hour movie. And then boom, we're gone. But what I really have come to think um, is that actually the way energy works is that that fear, that tremendous fear that that movie is designed to deliver to your energy field, to your mind, to your subconscious, perhaps to your heart, I don't know, that stays with you. It is almost like it becomes... um, it becomes a button that can be pressed whenever that topic is raised then. You go and you see a really scary movie about ETs and UFOs, and they kill you and they do whatever they do to you. Yeah. And then somebody, 10 months later, raises the topic of ETs and UFOs, and boom, that presses that button. Mm-hmm. It's a trigger. It becomes a trigger. And then yeah. what you have to do is you have to do the work of getting rid of that fear. Fear is... Um, Fear is a really useful thing. I'm not dissing fear. So mm-hmm. when we walk down the street and there's something scary happening, we, we are wise enough through our fear to know to run. And so it's very good. But what fear does, fear takes you out of the, the larger part of your mind. The, it takes you out of your heart. It takes you out of any part of you that allows you to have a higher perspective on what is going on in your life and what's going on in front of your eyes right? It basically takes you into what's called your reptilian brain. It's the oldest, oldest part of your brain, maybe as old as the dinosaurs. And it is the one that tells you run, run now. It's a very narrow bandwidth and it does not allow critical thinking. It does not allow curiosity. It does not allow love. It does not allow like a friendly interaction. It doesn't allow any of that. And so I guess my advice would be don't watch those scary movies, movies about ETs and UFOs if you would like to contact them. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like uh, purposely didn't watch. It was a movie came out called The, the Fourth Kind. Somebody commented it here. And uh, it was definitely abduction. You know, and it was done in the in the form of like the Blair Witch Project, almost like it was a documentary or something that was real. Um, these these real experiences, but in the end, it was made up, you know. And so I I made sure when I seen those previews and stuff, I made sure I didn't watch that because I'm going out having my own encounters, and it was already hard enough to get over the fear that I had from the stuff I seen as a as a child. Thankfully, I've seen some good. Hollywood movies as a child too, uh, you know, um, Close Encounters of the of the uh, 
um, Fourth Kind. There was uh, Flight of the Navigator. There was uh, Cocoon was a really good one. So there was still some good stuff from like the 80s and stuff that I seen when I was a kid that I remembered. So those battled in my mind what was real. And I guess when it comes to the whole discussion of good aliens and bad aliens, that's part of that battle there as well. Um, so, yeah, getting rid of the fear and what you do with the fear that comes. Some people, uh, it gets them out of trouble. Some people make the right d- decision. Some people, if there's a, a, an intruder or a robber who com- comes in, you get into a, a defense mode and you subdue that robber. Some people, when that fear c- comes in, they clam up. They can't move. And when they should do the right thing, they don't. So fear affects people people different, differently. So when it comes to that, I would definitely say stay stay away from any of the of the scary stuff and most of that stuff like you said it's it's fake it's hollywood renditions and some of the good stories now like the movie fire in the sky was a big one which scared a lot of people scared I was a little kid and watched that um that come out to be the the essentially the opposite of what really happened of what he, uh, Travis Walton really experienced was something beautiful and hollywood he sold his story to hollywood they painted it and made this fear-based video. So if you do, if you do see craft, if you're on the side of the highway and you're broke down, or you flash your lights in a, in a vehicle and there's a ship or something that flashes back at you in the night sky, that you won't try to make contact with it. So as far as stepping back and seeing what's going on, I strongly feel like the good guys are out there. That those are the the angels of the holy books and things like that. And 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 those who are who, who are we would call fallen angels or the bad guys, I think they're running the show down here on the earth, and they're the ones with the smear campaigns and stay away from that, and you're going to be targeted. And if you talk about this openly, we're going to come after your family. I have people I'm trying to get interviews with right now, and they will not go live with me because they're scared of what's going to happen to them, you know, and and things like this. And and um, so it is about moving past the fear of every aspect and, and, and living in your authentic self. And if you're interested in this stuff, I come from the fear base as well, because I come from religion. I come from Christianity where these, and, and the, the main thought in Christianity is that these are demons. These are fallen angels, abducting people, patrolling our night skies and things like this, deceiving people. This is what they believe. So for me to come out of a Christian background and I was an evangelist in the Christian church and so me to start talking about my encounters and even want to pursue these encounters uh, to be authentic with myself, that was a big fear that I had to get over. And many people watching who come from that background, because if you start talking, you have to be led to podcasts like this. You have to be led to documentaries or websites like yours, where you see people talking about it freely without judgment. I had no, I had no idea who to talk to. I had to find podcasts and stuff like that for my own. Um, the next question I wanted to kind of go into was like, when you're having these contact, you feel like it was set up for a reason, which I do too. They, maybe they targeted you because they knew that you would do something about it, that you would make their presence known or tell people and you wouldn't be afraid and things like that. I believe that with contact comes awakening. Um, maybe they go hand in hand. Maybe there was some consciousness stuff going on first and then the UFO stuff just like propelled it. I know it did for me. Took, took it to new levels and new heights that 
those realms were, were real. Where do they go when they leave? Like all of the creativity, the awe and the wonder, and we're not alone. All of that stuff just fed into the awakening process. But I wanted to ask you, with the cloaking mechanisms and stuff like that, we see them, they appear, they're gone. They let you see them. A lot of times when I would have sightings, they would show up. They'd say, hey, look at me. I'd look, oh, my God. And then they were gone. And it was like, okay, I just wanted you to see me. To let, I wanted to let you know I'm watching you and, I, and everything's okay. Like, I'm, I'm your guardian angels, essentially. Um, was there any telepathic communication that happened when you would, when you would see these crafts? Were you getting what we call downloads of uh, whether it's a consciousness shift, an upgrade? Do you feel like they're saying hello, at least? I do feel they are. And um, I, I feel like that is more of that is to come. I feel like, I feel like so far what it is, is that they wake me up and they say, get up. <laughs> yeah. It's and I, yeah. Get up. We're out here now. And I get up and I pick up my camera and there they are. And so I spend some time with them. And in some of my films, I do absolutely feel telepathy is happening. I feel it's really happening more on their side, although I am becoming more able to be that on my side too. Yeah. It's been a year now. And yeah. so I feel like there have been uh, films that I have and experiences I have where I ask them with my voice, so not telepathically, okay, can you, uh, you know, very simple things like, can you move to the left? Can yeah. you shine your light brighter? Yada, yada, yada. Do you hear me flash three times if you hear me? Mm -hmm. Or if I've seen you before? Are you someone I've seen before? And they'll do it. And so they, just realistically, just think about it. They are way outside my window. <laughs> They're a few miles up in the sky. They are surrounded by winds and, you know, city noise and all that. They're simply, logic would lead you to know they can't hear my voice yeah. behind my window in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was the government, because some people think that it's the government and we're seeing government craft. But then I think the telepathic communication gets in it, it totally you know dismisses that that the government we're communicating with government agents out there you know so i totally agree with you i think i think it's entirely possible let's just say we know that now that um let's get into this a little bit this is really fun we know for the first time in the history of the pentagon this year the pentagon is being audited and we know it's because there are as much as 23 or 20 plus trillion dollars missing from the Pentagon budget. No one knows where it went. It's, it's not accounted for. And so what I believe, and there are many others who believe this too, is it's going into, you know, their, why wouldn't they, into their experiments in terms of their space program, things they don't want people to participate in or know about. So I don't really get the vibe that like a government even if there is a government spaceship up there, I don't really believe it would be in their interest considering their secrecy, which I think is um, pathological, personally. Yeah, I don't think they want us <laughs> to know any of, any of that stuff that's going on. Yeah. That, even the stuff that they've been releasing lately, even the yeah. stuff that uh, uh, 
I, th- I think it's because they have to, because <laughs> cause, yeah. because uh, disclosure is taking place within the skies. Like disclosure is happening with normal, average, everyday individuals. So they have to. Well, we know what's happening. You know, they have to now. They're going to give us some information. You know, they're doing that, a soft disclosure. So they control so they can control the narrative or That's try right. to anyway, but it's they they can't. I agree with you completely. Um, and I agree with you that, you know, there are the guardian angel type of ships that are up in the skies. They could have, they could have destroyed us Oh yeah. millions of years ago. I mean, if they can come in, pop in and pop out of our dimension, our reality, I mean, yeah. it's just impossible to think that if they wanted to do us harm, they would have done it. The ones that are doing us harm are on this planet. Yes. I completely agree with you. Messing with our food and doing all types of wickedness and really we were talking about what's demonic, you know, this type of stuff that they're doing. Like you said, if they wanted to destroy us, they would have been, did it a long time ago. They've been here since the beginning. They've been here since we were a very primitive people. It's recorded throughout the art. It's recorded throughout the history book, the books, the cave writings, the Renaissance religious art, the early Christian mystics in the early, they all believed that these were the angelic heavenly hosts, the angelic armies, which those terms break down to. I love it because in the scriptures, it talks about the seraphim, which talks about, it calls them the fiery ones. These are these angelic armies that travel back and forth from heaven to earth. They're called the fiery ones or the fiery serpents, serpents as one who brings knowledge. And this, these are angelic beings that have our greater good in mind. And we just so happen if we want to, if you're curious enough, if you have the time, you can go out there and see them. You can make contact with them. They, they appear to the, the prophets and disciples throughout a religious text. And I like the Renaissance art, even some of the, earth, the, the, the newer stuff anyway, with just the last couple hundred years, we're showing Jesus hanging on the cross with men flying these little bitty fiery ships with little men in them, piling them back in like from the 1500s and stuff. Uh, pictures of the Mona Lisa and Mother Mary. If you look in the background, there's a person standing on a mountain pointing up at a little UFO. And there's pictures of UFOs sending uh, laser beams towards people's head, giving them downloads of knowledge. This was very uh, much a part of the early um, religious traditions, whether it's Christian or whatever, they're in every holy book. They're in every people group. The Native Americans talks about um, the uh, the uh, star beings who who came here and 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 was their ancestors that seeded them here. All of it ties in together, and it's nothing to be afraid of. It's very much a part of uh, our our fabric, our DNA. And if you're religious, it's part of your religion. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's it's um. I would like to go, it, it's sort of an offshoot into Project Blue Book because it's sort of like, um, it's a part of history. It's really not taught in schools. It's only if you want to seek outside of what you've been taught that you actually come upon this and you learn about this and then you start seeing it in the art. As you say, you start seeing it in the, the oral tradition and histories of the native peoples. It's there. It's been there forever, but it's not taught to us. And so why, why is there such a wall? And um, there are, I have, a, I have some ideas on that, but I would just say that one example of how we are um, forcibly repelled from 
pursuing any interest in this and any sort of deep dive into our own history uh, and to the presence of these beings and these ships, you know, throughout time as helpers mm-hmm. is um, there was uh, this really interesting program, which I know you know about, started in the late 40s, went through the late 60s, called Project Blue Book in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it was overseen by the United States Air Force. And what they did is, you know, purportedly they were going to investigate citizen sightings of UFOs. What they did instead was, again, very pathological, and it was very strategic. What they did is anytime somebody reported, you know, some Joe Schmo in his backyard, you know, saw a ship for seven seconds, they would come, they would interview Joe Schmo, and then they would go and actually interview his boss, his colleagues, his neighbors, his friends, and they would the interview would be based around a character assessment. Was he a good human? Was he a good person? Was he a good citizen? Was he an enemy of the government? You know, it was this kind of stuff. It was very scary stuff. I mean, think of that time. It was after World War II. Really? It's, it's yeah. in a you know, really scary era. Almost like, almost like the witch hunts. It's like I was just saying, it was, it was very much witch hunting. And mm-hmm. so if you were a person, and then what they did with that, so first of all, the fallout of that would be, I could imagine there could be some big fallout on your job. You know, your boss would be like, hey, <laughs> you're doing some crazy stuff here. Hey, <laughs> this is my business. My, my podcast, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're threatening my business here. Your friends would be like, Oh, I need to melt away from this person. They're kind of they're getting the negative attention of our U.S. government. Uh, you could easily imagine the fallout of that—that that there would be an isolation factor that would happen, and then that person would be scared into silence. If they ever saw another thing, would they ever report it? No, um, they would have a record. And then this is the pathological part, or one of them, is then Project Blue Book. <laughs> classified the sightings and so by doing that you know that is just like a that is like a control thing that's control freak to the nth degree but also it keeps people separated from each other so there might be somebody in your neighborhood that saw the same thing or perhaps saw something similar a week later yeah and eventually through the grapevine you would find each other and you would talk and through the grapevine you'd find other people What they did is they created silos around people of individual sightings and they created fear so people would not say another thing again because they might lose their job. They might lose more friends. They might create friction in their family. And so that happened in that time period. And then you follow it and trace it through the films, which continue that of like, this is a scary thing. This is not something to be sought out. And you can understand why people would have just like it would be a very fringified topic. And yeah. I think it's the goal of many of us, including you, to say, all right, it's time to just get rid of the fringe aspect. We're <laughs> just normal people out here and we're going to mainstream this. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I, I talk about it all the time and it's something that I had to overcome and step out there and say, you know what, I'm doing it regardless. And I'm not the only one who had these encounters. I wasn't a I was alone for a lot of it, but eventually my friends came with me. They had very similar encounters. We would go stargazing for hours. We would spend nights under the stars and see 
amazing aerial phenomenon. They would do like you're talking about. Hey, can you move to the left? Can you show up? Can you show me two or three of them? I mean, just insane stuff that we were seeing. And I wasn't alone. Um, But my friends were like, they would tell me not to talk about it. Because what if they found out on your job? Uh, what if, what if the parents find out, what if my pastor finds out and this, these are very things that you can consider. I had to consider it. I didn't, I didn't want to be the UFO guy or the weird, crazy guy at, at family reunion, that type of thing too. But it, it comes down to how bad do you want it? Like we would, I would be doing somebody a disservice not to, not to speak about it because I fear about my reputation more than I care about the truth, right? I care about the truth. And that, that's what it comes down to me, whether pe- people say, oh, man, I want what you're on, whatever you had, I want some of that. Like, look, completely sober having these encounters and, and things like that. But my friends told me not to speak about it. And many people, it was a bunch of us, have these encounters and they won't speak about it. So therefore, I say it because I have to. I have to say it because they won't. So I have to say it, but it's paid off now. Now you got a good podcast now. Oh, you're known for that. Now, now you can talk about it because you got a podcast. I didn't, I haven't, it hasn't always been like that. Like I started talking about it and then you become a beacon where other people be like, Hey man, I have similar stories too. Everybody commenting in the chat section, everybody's had their own encounters. Everybody's had something similar and they're waiting. We're waiting. I was waiting for someone to stand up and say, look, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm this, I'm that. I definitely cater more towards like the religious community or the, uh, in the spiritual community as well. Cause those people who call themselves Christians or whatever, have that belief they're having these encounters too. But if they talk about it, they're demonized. They're called crazy. You're in a UFO cult, whatever people tend to say or whatever, but that's why there's a responsibility to talk about it. And it wasn't always easy. Now it's kind of paid off. I have people who support me. They follow it. They share it out. They love it. They can't wait for every episode. They love the discussion. It wasn't always like that. Like it totally wasn't always like that. You have to keep doing it. And it's essentially like being the forerunner or breaking the, you know, the, the, the hard ground to, to, to plant the seed. And now the harvest is coming. Now people say, Oh, I want to do it too. I want to do You're like, fine. Good. I'm glad that I'm that beacon, but it wasn't always just easy, man. You know, it was not. And I, I'll pick up on that. Like when I began this project, um, it was pretty interesting because um, I felt all the things that you're talking about, the potential pushback. So one of my sons even was concerned that uh, it would affect my career that if anyone found out that I was doing this, that I would lose clients. Yeah. And um, so that was exactly what you're talking about. I decided um, I was going to do it anyway. And he had a really interesting perspective. He just said, okay, what you in doing this project, you have taken on a mission and your mission is to shake yourself up. And you're, you're in shaking yourself up in showing these films of things that people don't want to acknowledge are real. You have decided that part of your mission is to shake them up too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I, I respect that. And I think there's part of that, that that's true, but um, I would take it as a, a much more benevolent mission, which is that 
I have taken a mission to open myself up to explore a reality that's larger than what I knew and it's very beautiful and to offer it up to anyone who wants to partake. And if they don't, that is fine. And if they do, here you go. And it's just like what you said, you started your podcast. You're just offering it. People can come to it. They can listen to it if they want. That's the beauty of it. Now the people who, I don't, I don't have to proselytize. I don't have to go knock on your door or show up at your Bible study and say, Hey, you guys believe in UFOs? I got a podcast. Like search terms in the internet and Spotify, everything's in this way now that whatever you're looking for, just like the universe, whatever yeah. you're looking for, you're going to find it. You have to get on there and type in, or you have to click that video that says, uh, you know, uh, Melissa Peabody, my first UFO encounter. You have to click that video and watch it. That's your own free will that it led is. you there. And so... That's the thing. We don't have to force anything down anybody's throat. If you're not ready for it, if you're not open to it, fine. There's yeah. tons, especially on YouTube, like right here beside my head, people who are watching this, there's probably a ton of other videos that you can just scroll through and click about any other subject, but you're here for a reason. You know, if, if you're led here for a reason, you've been listening for this long, something within you has called you here for a reason. And that's what it's about. That reason is what brings us all together. And it, there's something of substance here. It's not, it's not just you're here by accident or anybody, you know, for the larger picture that anybody's here by accident, like there's stuff going on that, that lets us know that we're not alone. If it's a belief in God now, if it's a belief in the divine, if it's a belief in my life has meaning, whatever it is for different people, it brings something to the table um, that matters. For me, like a, a lot of my Christian friends early on, they would get scared at this subject because there's the whole thing that aliens seeded you here. And then the, the Bible is fake and the Bible is made up and all of this kind of stuff. And so they, if for some reason in their head, the understanding that if these aliens exist, if these entities exist, then the Bible is a hoax. But for me, like these encounters prove the Bible. Like it talks about these angels flying back and forth and fasting, going out on a mountain and these angels appearing to you. Like I've done it. Like it's in the scriptures the universal law and all of these beautiful things. So it doesn't take away that the fact of the, of, of, that the Bible is fake or whatever the case is. It doesn't bring that to the table, but it brings the fact that no, it's real. Like there's something that's physically going on out there. Not when you die and your spirit travels to another place. Like, no, there's another place out there right now. And they're traveling back and forth, watching over us, communicating, sending messages. It's encouraging. I find it very encouraging too. I find it very, very comforting. One thing that I'd like to say is really interesting. Um, I definitely wanted to say this because I know that James Gilliland interview, and I've heard some other ones with him, and he's he's very good about he's very good about uh, I forget his wording, but basically clearing negative unseen entities. So I would like to say, you know, for anyone listening, I'm completely not a Pollyanna on this subject, where I just assume everything is rainbows and light. My experience, my feeling from orbs that I am seeing, I get a very definite feeling of love from them. Mm-hmm. I would call it love. Someone else might call it, it's a good feeling. Whatever you're comfortable, whatever words are comfortable, um, it's very positive. Let's just say that. 
And um, I trust in my gut feeling of what I'm receiving from them. I also very consciously, and this is what I would advise anyone who's listening to do if they want to have encounters on their own. Just like you look at the spectrum of humanity on this globe, the spectrum you know, can go from really beautiful, intensely beautiful, loving beings in service to others. And then you can go to the other end of the spectrum and they are hideous and they're in service only to themselves in any hideous way that they can get away with. That spectrum is real on our planet. Just like people, yeah. <laughs> Just like people. And so it's unrealistic to think that in the universe out there, if we're talking about ETs and UFOs, it's, it's not possible to think that the entire universe is all beautiful and good. It is very possible to know that there's an entire swath of beings who are dedicated to the good, who are dedicated to service to others, who are here in service to us, who are here to help the planet. They're here to help us, and that's why they're here. But there are other entities around and about, and um, I would I would uh, I would add to what James has to say in that my own version of that is um, when I want to encounter, you know, see if there's anybody in my skies tonight. I opened my heart. I consciously opened my heart. So I'm sending out a frequency of love energy, period. And there's nothing, there is nothing that can come into that frequency that is less than that. I'm setting the table. I'm setting the boundaries of the encounter. So whatever I see is matching that frequency. Another way to do it that um, I've been advised is um, and it does the same thing. You basically you basically decide, you know, in and of yourself as a conscious being that you are sovereign. Mm-hmm. You are your own sovereign being, and nobody can control you. Nobody. And so you control your experience. You are sovereign, and you set a boundary saying, "I call in. I call in only the ships of the light." Is one way yep. you can say it. I call yep. in the beings of the light. Or if you're uncomfortable with that kind of language, and there is actually a metaphysical reason for that language, it's very precise, mm-hmm. and I can go into that if you like. But um, you could also say, uh, I call in the ships that benefit me, mm-hmm. <laughs> that benefit, that are beneficial. I call in the beings that are beneficial. And if that's more comfortable to you, when I say of the light, it is um, from my own researches over this past year, the, the, it's very specific. And so when you have beings, whether they're human or not, um, and they are basically in service to what anyone would call the light that is around us, literally the energy, they bring in their life force by being open to receiving the energy that is around us through your chakra system. Let's just call it that or whatever, if you do that, if you consciously want to, you know, be a part of this light universe and you bring in your source energy, you bring in source energy through your chakra system. And that's where you get your energy. Then you are a being of the light. You don't have to bring in Jesus or anybody else. You're simply a being of the light because you were supported by the energy that is swirling around you that comes from source. There are beings that are not of the light. And this is what 
in the Bible, you would call the fallen angels. And these are beings who have said, I want to set up an anti-universe. I don't want to bring in, I want to cut myself off from the light that is literally around my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just right there, but I'm, I'm not going to take it. And they bring in their energy from dark sources. And that would be from other people yeah. where to stay alive. That's what they do. And so when I say, I call them the ships of the light, it's very metaphysically precise. It's not religious mm-hmm. uh, and it's not woo yeah. or whatever. It's like, I want those beings who are bringing in source energy the same way that I am. And that way yep. we have a connection that's mm-hmm. natural. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, you know what? I like the science behind the spirituality. And so, you know, the way my mind works is I did, I come from a religious background, so I know the religious thought here. I'm reading some of it in the chat right now. We, well, I just let everybody know we welcome everybody to the podcast, no matter your religious background, or upbringing, or belief system. But um, from a biblical perspective, to say the same thing that you're saying is just sending that, making that, that declaration. You don't even have to say a prayer. It's a declaration. I'm declaring it. I'm speaking it. Therefore, I'm creating it as I speak it. My words are powerful. Um, but from a biblical perspective, there's a story where Jesus talks about um, those of you who are asking your heavenly father. So when I had my encounters, I'm out there spending time with my heavenly father in prayer, reflecting about my life, reflecting about my journey and uh, wanting to see, asking my heavenly father through the Holy Spirit, can I see the seraphim? And literally quite God, if the cherubim are real. If the Elohim are real and they're traveling back and forth, please allow me to see one. I'm your servant. I trust you. I believe in you. Will you allow me to see one? Anything out there that has my greater good in mind, can I see it? And then I'm almost begging. I really want it to happen. I'm willing it to happen. I want it to happen so bad just to know the way the universe works, the way God works, the way the the Bible works, all of this kind of stuff. And so there's a scripture where, where Jesus says that, those of you who ask your father for a fish, he's not going to throw you a serpent. Those of you who ask your father for a loaf of bread, he's not going to throw you a stone. Essentially, if you're asking for something good, if you're declaring it, I'm asking for an angelic encounter. I'm asking to see the angels of light, the seraphim, the fiery serpents. If I'm asking to see them, but he sent a demon to me to abduct me or a demon to deceive me. It doesn't work like that. Oh, ye of little faith. Some people's mind works like that. And I was told that, you know, be careful. You might get abducted. Like, no, I'm one with my father. Like I'm connected with the source of the one who created all of this. We all are. We have to tap into that and know who we are. But there's a confidence in that and not knowing that. What if I did get abducted? Like we create it. We're creating this right now. Even this is just a piece of our ability we're made in the image and likeness of that creator to breathe and create something like this beautiful episode and have this conversation that we're doing now that is i believe giving strength to people giving letting people know like you said that they're not alone in the universe or in these encounters it's okay to be different it's okay to have these encounters it's okay to not know what the hell is going on sometimes we're trying to figure it out and that's the beauty of it not to demonize everything or to think that there's wicked behind every corner. Trust me, there's people out there like that um, who, who can't see the good in anything, but I'm with you in the battle of 
good and evil, I'm with you. I mean, that's just universal law for, for, for there to be anything positive. There has to be negative. If there has to be, if there's anything light and that is good, we have to have a contrast of, of darkness. How good we, we, we don't even know that it's light unless we have something to contrast it to if it's something in darkness. If we've ever been in a time of darkness, if we've ever been uh, in a, in, in a state of, 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 of living hell on this, this existence, how would we know what is good and what is to be cherished and what is to be respected unless we have that contrast? So that's universally, we can look at who they are, what they are, what is it? Is it in your own imagination? Is it what the Muslims and Islam would call jihad, the holy war that's taken place within our own brain and within our own spirit? Uh, the Bible goes into much detail about that being symbolic in the Old Testament of these nations fighting each other that represent aspects of our own humanity and our own psyche that's at war within itself. So the positive and neg negative definitely does exist. And what side wins? The side that you feed more, the side that, that you uh, pay attention to, that you speak. But all of it's part of the game. All of it's here for a reason, the good and the bad in every aspect of our life. It is. And I, I uh, totally agree with you. It's what you feed. It is what you feed that will appear in your life. So you could go back to the ETs and UFOs. If you're feeding the positive, the loving, the trusting in this world, it's a difficult thing to um, open yourself up to just trust. Um, it's something to learn and to practice because it's not normal. Um, if, you, if you do that, then you're going to be getting these different kinds of experiences. But I would add a little bit more to this dark and light, which is, um, is fascinating what you were talking about. And I really agree with you. I would just say, um, I would go a step further and I would say, you know, as you choose um, to not be on the dark side of the coin, if you will. I mean, first of all, you're given the option, the opportunity to choose. Yes. So you're There's a scripture that says exactly what you, my, I'm sorry. That's just the way my mind works. It says choose no, this day, light or darkness. You know, you get to choose it. You get to choose. It's here. And I would go, you know, those beings who have come into this world to play these roles that are dark. So if we want to follow this through even further, we could just say we owe them gratitude. We owe them gratitude, even if we don't like what they're doing, because they're showing us something that we have chosen that we don't like. We can see, I don't like that. I don't like what you're doing. And so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do this other stuff that feels good. And so they provide, they provide something that we can push back against. The contrast. They will, they will the contrast, and they will go on and they will, they will reap the karmic rewards of whatever they're doing but they do provide us a service. And for that, we owe them gratitude. It's, it's, I know it's maybe a different way of looking at it, but. No, it's 100, even, I mean, we're talking about it as form of, of, of ETs or angelic beings, but even, man, if we look at um, just our own darkness that we've been through, like I've, you know, we, and I've, I've had pastors on this show and, and, and good friends of mine, we talk about in the spiritual aspect, which demons do, we cast out and do we rebuke and say, get out of here and mm -hmm. which demons are sent here by the creator to teach us lessons and to buffet us and to uh, get us ready for Christhood. 
You know what I'm saying? So I've gone instead of like when I was going through my struggles and my really hard times of, of darkness and depression and what's called the dark night of the soul. When I was going through that, I would have did anything to take that to get somebody to, to give me some solace and take that away from me. But now when I look back at it, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for those times. So now my relationship with those demons have changed. I don't rebuke them and wish death upon them. I'm thankful that God, the supreme creator of the universe, sent them into my life for a reason and for a season to buffet me into creating me the person that I am today to give me that contrast. I'm thankful for the light now that I have spent time in the darkness. And so even the relationship changes with that on a very spiritual level. I I just love I love that I love what you just said. Um, I would say um, just to to take a step aside for a second. Um, I want to say that I believe, and I'd like your opinion on this. I believe that these uh, UFOs are showing up in our skies more often, and they're doing that to support us in what you're saying. They're supporting us in our evolution as we are making better choices because we've been buffeted, as you say, and we have emerged victorious, um, then we are more able to perceive. By necessity, we have emerged at a higher vibrational frequency and consciousness by having dealt with our demons, by having looked at them, dealt with them, seen them. And I would would say... um, I have a really great rock here. Speaking of crystals. <laughs> Hold on. Um, this is a great rock. I love this crystal because it shows, uh, it is very beautiful. And the reason it's beautiful is because it, re- it reveals, it includes the shadow side, right? It is a very beautiful rock. And if it were only just the white side, it wouldn't be as beautiful. And so in terms of the, the wrestling with our demons, what I would say about that is that um, we wrestle with our demons, and I would put it you know, in a different term. Um, we deal with these emotional traumas that we experience in life, and they're part of life, and they, um, they shine us up. They knock off our rough edges. Um, but... The goal is the goal is not to amputate those experiences such that they never existed. The goal is to the goal is to wrestle with the demon or deal with the trauma in such a way that you accept it, you remove the the bad feelings associated with it, but you keep the learning. Yeah. And that's part of your beautiful life. The yeah. the trauma is part of the beautiful life, just like this stone. I mean the dark is part of the beautiful stone. It's part of it. And so it's, it's yours. It's, it's precious. It belongs to you. And um, as you do this, I feel like you become more accessible to the UFOs. And I also believe that they encourage relationship. Mm-hmm. And the way that they do this is, in my experience, over you know what's been a little bit more than a year of filming, what I noticed is that there are there were certain uh, ships that would always seem to be at a certain time in a certain place in the sky above San Francisco, and they would come there again and again. 
I would film them there again and again. And eventually, and they would be in their own place. They would each seem to have their own place. And so that led me to wonder, what's going on here? I mean, do they, have they divided our sky up into territories? <laughs> so that they can be there, like, almost like they can schedule it. And what I've come to learn instead is that they're there um, so that you can find them. Yeah. So that once you deal with your demons, once you rise up to a certain point and you can perceive them and you want a relationship and you're not in fear, you're not in the fear mode anymore. Because I don't believe that they would show themselves to you if you were in the fear mode. They wouldn't do that. Why would they do that? First of all, you would be in a completely different resonance. So that would not be possible from an yeah. energy point of view. But also they would not want to inflict more fear on you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in the fear mode... And you go out, let's say any of your viewers decide to play with this, um, go out, you're not in fear, and you just start talking to your skies. You say, hello, hello, who's up there? You can make up whatever language. I do believe that they want to create a connection. They're here observing, obviously, in my view. Um, but also they're here to create a connection when you're ready, when you're done dealing with, you know, the vast majority of your demons. They can be a comfort. They can be a support. They can let you know you're not alone. You can have a relationship. You can, you know, I have conversations with the ones that I know appear again in the same places in the sky. I know where they're going to be. Um, and I believe that what they're doing is they are, um, they're doing that on purpose so that those of us who can see them and want to see them are ready to see them. We can find them when, when we need and want to find them. And so they, it's almost like a reward and a comfort and a solace all at the same time. Like I said, it, it, it's a sense of magic to let you know it that it, it's real. Not yeah. that it's a theory or just an old religious text that never existed or whatever the case is. Or transcend the text. Like it's the legit experience from it. And I like what you said about the rock and you have the rock that shows the you know, the black and the white merging as far as the colors and stuff. Somebody mentioned over in the chat, they said, just like we're talking about, it's like the yin-yang symbol. It you know, is. A little bit of the black and the white and the white that's in the black there, and it's part of it. And like you said, it's about learning from your mistakes or what I like to talk about, learning from other people's mistakes too. Yes. Like those who aren't able to learn from their mistakes or learn from the past, they're doomed to repeat it. Um, I forgive, I don't forget. Like if there's a certain type of person or people that you let into your life and they just use you and abuse you, like if you, what, what's, what's the saying? Um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's my <laughs> fault for letting this person back into my life or creating this situation or giving myself over to this type of people or whatever the case is. A lot of the stuff we're creating on our set, ourselves. And I believe that I really believe that in this in this life, we're on a spiritual journey. We're all put here by uh, God, our divine creator, and it, we take tests. In our, in our spiritual evolution, there are tests, and we have to pass these tests. We have to show that we're going to respond with love and respond with in- integrity uh, on the road to our destiny, to walk in our divine de- destiny. And these are steps that I've been taking uh, since day one, especially since I've become aware of it. It's helped me to take the test to know to respond with love or respond like Jesus would respond. You know what I'm saying? And this type, type yeah. of effort 
I think when we do, we pass the test and we can go a little bit deeper and we can be trusted with more and our, maybe our, um, um, our reach gets bigger. Maybe more people are to come to listen to what you have to bring to the table, but uh, it's a, we, we all go through it and no, nobody's exempt. And it's these testings and it's it, it, to see if we will learn to love and we'll repeat those tests over and over and over again until we pass it. Then we pass the test. We can learn it. We can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the scripture says that those who are trusted with the few and I can trust you with a little bit, I'm going to be able to trust you with a lot. Let me tell you the deep things that I have for you. Let me show you some stuff I've never showed anybody. Like this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. And who is teaching us this stuff? We have some leaders out there who are starting to definitely hats off to James Gill and Stephen Greer, Project Camelot, some people like that who have been talking about this stuff for years, but they've since opened up the door for us to come into it now. So now um, the ball is in our court and we could be trusted with, with more and more and more. And, with encounter, all of this stuff. I mean, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I think that every, I think it's a, I think it's an equal playing field. You, one thing you talked about, like, yes, we're all special. Yes. We're all chosen to have these encounters and to have these experiences. There's no Messiah complex though. Like some people tend to get into the Messiah complex as far as I'm the chosen one, or I'm the one that is having the contacts or they chose me to, to bring a message and I'm the only one I was going to have a guest on here and I'm glad they backed out because like when we were prepping for some questions, she was like, I want, uh, I was prepping with questions and she said, uh, mention that she is the only one who can have this contact. And I was like, that's not what I want to promote at all. You know? So, you know, it's something that is yeah. it's whatever you want. The universe, like I said, is set up in a way where whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. If you want to know how angels operate, if you want to know how the spirit realm works, if you want to learn the laws of manifestation, you're going to find it. But if you want to learn the evil and the demons and the devils that lurk around every corner, they're there. If you focus on them, if you feed them your time and your energy, your aura, if you feed them, they're going to grow and they're going to be more present and you're going to see them in everything. Uh, the same with the love. If you want to feed the love and, and, and expression and, and creativity, you'll begin to feed that. And that's going to be ever more evident in your life as well. I agree. And um, getting back to just what you were saying. Yeah. The goal of my project is anti Messiah. It is border <laughs> busting. It's like everybody come to the table Come out, come out, come out and show what you've seen. I know you have, and you're safe. This is a safe space to show what you yourself have seen and experienced. And, um, and just to give us all the uplift of knowing we're in a large community of like-minded people, if you will, but certainly like-experienced people, that they're not showing themselves to just one person. They're showing themselves wherever and whenever they can. Yeah. They want receptivity. This is, yeah. what, this is what I'm getting from them is yeah. they, want, um, they want as many people to see them as possible. You know, there's, there's this whole thing. I don't know if you know that there uh, um, or if your viewers and listeners know about the disclosure movement. Mm -hmm. and this is a really interesting movement where um, there are many people on this word. Many of us do believe that our governments know <laughs> yeah the vatican like, they know some stuff they know yeah. they know they know that there are ufos they know that there are ets they know like for instance if you put together 
You could not, if you were in a, a math class, you could not create a statistical equation that would say that we humans are the only intelligent species in the multiverse. <laughs> you couldn't create that equation. It's impossible. And so if you, if you accept the impossibility of that, then you have to accept the possibility that we are not alone. And so there are many people, I'm including in those people, who believe that, as you say, the Vatican, our governments, you know, our military, various aspects of them, not all, not all levels, but there are people in all of these that know that there are UFOs, they know there are ETs, they know they're in our skies right now. Um, but they have chosen not to share that with us. And there are reasons for that. And uh, I, I would like to just say, I'd like to go into some of the reasons I'm thinking. But first, I want to just say, that's the disclosure movement, that there are people around the world who are just saying, say it <laughs> to our government, to the Vatican, the military, just say it, say it publicly. Say what we know. We know what we're seeing. We know what's out there. Just admit it. <laughs> Just like you're saying, we know what's out there because we've done the work and we know what's in here. Exactly. As above, so below, as within, so without. And it goes hand in hand with the encounters and the awakening, the outer awakening with the inner awakening and being, a, it all goes yeah. hand in hand. I don't think it's just a, just to leave you in awe and wonder, I think it's to awaken something within you, something good, something that makes you more peaceful, more loving. You know what I'm saying? You have a hope and, and things like that. That's what's so yeah. cool about it. And it's not just about, oh, have you ever seen a UFO or whatever the case is? No, it starts there. We're talking about even going out and having our own contact. And yes. like, it's one thing when, 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 when they contact you or they shine out your window and say, hey, look at me. And then it gets in. We didn't talk to it too much. I think we alluded it, alluded to it. But to go out there and have your own contact where yes. not the CE5 initiative, which is where you go and contact them, which we've been talk, talking about. So that's really cool. We're supposed to be planning like a global one soon that I'm going to lead up. So I'll, I'll oh, share let that. Me know. Let me know about that. Yeah, I agree. I, I um, you know, I feel like we're, we're closing in, uh, closing in the show, but um, I really, really, really encourage people to go outside, look up, and start trying to establish their own contact. It will benefit them. It does bring an enormous amount of joy and um, peacefulness. So it's really the opposite of the alien invasion, the army. <laughs> I know, right? It's the opposite of that narrative, and that is a narrative. It's a yeah. fabricated narrative. It's not real. Um, they could go out and just begin um, expanding their own life by just talking to whatever they think might be in the sky that they can't see. And they might not be able to see it for a while. Um, and then eventually they can. One thing that I'd like to, to say to, to help them, and again, it's because, you know, my own experience is they said, hey, we're here. <laughs> Pay attention. They want us, not just me. They want all of us. They want us to know they're here. And they want contact. They want relationship. They want that. And um, But sometimes it's kind of hard to get it if you're always working in your imagination, right? Yeah. Um, and so one thing that I've experienced that is so wild, but 
it's not just me. I've been with people in different places. Um, and we've all had this experience where for some reason, um, a digital camera, whether it's a cell phone or another kind of camera, it can see, it, it sees what we see on what I would call the visible light spectrum, mm-hmm. what we can see with our eyes, but it sees beyond that as well. And so I've had experiences where I've pointed my cell phone up and um, I can't see anything there with my eyes. And I look at what I recorded on my cell phone and there's a ship there. And I would just say, I would encourage your viewers and listeners, play with that. Know yeah. that there is a reality beyond your five senses. And that's what that cell phone experience, you know, reinforces for me is that yeah. the reality is bigger than what we see can feel, can taste, can touch, and smell. It is just, it is bigger than that. And beautifully, digital cameras can capture some of that. And so you could have them, you know, they could go out and just start talking to whoever they think might be in the skies. Again, not in the fear mode. Not ever if they're in the fear mode. (laughs) Don't do anything out of fear, man. Don't do anything out of fear. And then point their cell phone at the sky and just start seeing what they see. It, It could be really just a fun pastime. Yeah, Bill Bean did that. He, um, I've had him on my show a couple of times, good friend. He was somebody cool because I got to talk to him as a Christian. He's a Christian minister who was doing this and uh, going out. And he'd have demonic encounters, so he can tell you the difference between demonic demons and angels and stuff like that. But he would go out, too, and he would take his camera out, and he would be prompted to say, hey, look over here, take a picture. Uh-huh. And he'd have the film developed. And every time there was a ship, a craft that, that, oh, was, that awesome. was on, on the film, he had all those pictures on his website and stuff. So he has pictures of demons and all kinds of stuff that, that was haunting his family as a, uh, when he was growing up and stuff. So really interesting stuff. Uh, Melissa Peabody, thank you for coming on the podcast. Your website is myfirstcontact.net. Um, let people know how they can connect with you through your website or through the submission form. Uh, if anybody has any videos or what you got coming up, go ahead and give a quick plug right here at the end. Well, first of all, um, I want to thank you, Tooth Seeker. <laughs> I've had such a great time talking to you. Um, people can contact me. They can find me through the website, myfirstcontact.net. Um, the submissions page is there. So people can send in their videos um, or their photos of anything that they see that's unusual or interesting in their skies. Again, so that we can create a sharing. We can just expand this globally. Everybody gets to see what's in their skies. Everybody gets to participate and see it together. And so I would encourage you to send me anything that you think might be interesting and uh, so we can expand our community. Sounds good. Definitely do that. And that's like, that that goes so far for for like a, a lot of reasons. At this point, I don't seek out a lot of footage anymore, but there was a time when I didn't know what was going on. I needed people to talk to. I was all over eSETI.org. Like I was all over James Gillen watching their videos and were very similar to the things that, that I was experiencing as well. So the videos, especially for those people who are just now getting into this, Mm-hmm. They want to see what it looks like, like it's some type of proof to show you something is going on. Now, these podcasts and, and these guests and things like that are, are here to help us get to the bottom of the narrative. And I, I love that people can approach this without um, an agenda. I don't think that you have anything to gain. You're just being honest with your your experiences and what you believe it is. And the funny thing is, is that when we come together and we do that, 
we're telling a very similar story, which is the beautiful thing about it. And that's why I think this podcast is worth it. And as many people tell me not to talk about this or don't, don't look into it, don't do it. It's, I, there's worth in it. And it's just to help people just like myself, um, who was going through, even you going through this stuff early on, it's scary. Yeah. You know, you watched all the fear-based stuff. You need to hear the other side of the story. You need to hear about people who are literally having contact experiences, people who can make it happen at will, things like this. And so it's for everybody. It's not just for one person. It's not no longer is it us for and no more, but it's for everybody who wants to seek out those encounters. And they're beautiful to me. So, uh, Melissa Peabody, thank you again for coming on. And we will connect soon. And I'll let you know about that date. I'll tell you the date now. I'm, we're shooting for the new moon, which is uh, uh, May uh, the 15th. So it's on a Tuesday oh, night. Yeah. So yeah. Next Tuesday, I believe it is. So it's the new moon. So we're going to plan a global thing where we all go uh, out and I'll go live on YouTube and just do like a meditation and a prayer and just do what we've been talking about. I'll go out and lead that and uh, we'll see how it goes. We got a lot of people all over the country who are wanting to tune in and, and do it themselves and, and make contact. We have people who are already, who are, there's people who are seeing stuff every day and it's blowing, blowing them away. And then yeah. there's people who have never seen it at all. So uh, everybody's at different ends of the spectrum on that. So uh, the 15th, which is the new moon, we'll do it then. So if you want to be a part of that. I uh, do. Great. Cool. And I think Home Sauce, he's in the chat. Good friend of mine. He's going to be sending you a video. Make sure you go to her website, brother. Yay. Send her that video. It's a, he got a really cool video. Trust me. Yay. And it looks a lot like some of yours, but during the day. The daytime. The daytime videos are awesome, too, because I was having so many nighttime sightings at first. And then you try to rationalize it and you're like, maybe it's a satellite. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's a plane. But then you're like, let me see. And I'm like putting the thought out there. Let me see something during the day just yeah. so I know, you know, I can actually see something. And I've seen fleets appear oh. out of them, like 40, 40 of wow. them appear to do weird aerial phenomena and then disappear. And I'm like, mm. oh, my God. So I let you know. They, they, something's going on. We're connected there spiritually, angelic realm, who they are, what they are. They, they're watching over us. They've got everything. Okay. There's, there's footage out there. You should upload some of this too. Um, there's footage out there of, um, like asteroids and comets that are headed towards the earth. There was one in Russia, which yeah. it dissipated at the last second, right before impact, it split. And you know why? Because they blew it up. There's a there's the footage of it. There's footage of this little craft flies in, shoots a laser beam through it at the last moment, and it dissipates. There's footage oh. of that. Yeah. Okay. So we got to have a place for everybody to come. Some of these footage, footage like we forget about this stuff because this was probably eight years ago now. So, you know, we kind of forget about that stuff. But when it was news and when some of the UFO guys were talking about it, it was like the the big thing. So to have a database with all of these these videos and footage. Uh, it's awesome. So everybody head on over to myfirstcontact.net and uh, subscribe, do all the good stuff over there and uh, follow her work. Thank you again for coming on, Melissa. Oh, thank you so much. Take care. We'll do it again soon. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoyed it. I have to uh, jump off of here because I have to go cut this thing short. But yeah, I really enjoyed this interview. Um, I hope you guys did too. If you guys would like to support uh, my work and see more podcasts, all that good stuff, head on over to patreon.com backslash true seeker. And there you can sign up for any level of giving per month. 
Um, even if all you can do is a dollar, that would be much appreciated. These shows uh, could not exist. I could not be here doing this right now without your help. So thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. Everybody who's been supporting, man, I, I really mean that. Thank you, guys. People have been here uh, since day one. Give a shout out to some of the people in the chat right now. I've been saying Home Sauce's name over and over. A shout out to Home, so- Home Sauce, Christy Folks, Carolyn, uh, Michael, Adam Starseed Bay, everybody else who's been hanging out with us here on the live stream. Chris Bars, what's up, brother? So with that, I'm going to say peace and shalom. I love each and every one of you guys. We will do it again soon uh, this Thursday. Everybody, right now, let's put this intention out there who's listening live. Next thir- This coming up Thursday, I'm supposed to be interviewing um, Gemini from the group Conspirituality. I was supposed to have him on the podcast like two or three times in the past six, seven years or however long I've been podcasting. And each time something happens and the interview doesn't happen. So let's put the intention out there that this Thursday I will be speaking with Gemini of Conspirituality. He's been a big influence on me musically and when it comes to research and doing this kind of stuff. So let's hope that happens. So Thursday, I'll see you guys again. Peace and shalom. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.